If you was not here this morning, I would advise you to get the tape. Because there's no way I can repeat what God gave us this morning. Amen. But anyway, we're going to try. You got a lot of word coming. Look at somebody say, you got a lot of word coming. Amen, amen. Get your Bible. Let's go right into God's word. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. My Bible says a new ministry. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. We are now in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. New territory. When you get there, say amen. amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 6, verse 1 says, Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we of some other epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of a living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God, with, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Now we're going to give you one verse, and it's Ephesians 4.30, and we're going to go to work. From the book Ephesians chapter number 4, and verse number 30. We started volume 6 this morning, part 1, the day we will do part 2, volume 6, under the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And in Ephesians 4.30, we are teaching on grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, just one verse, let's read together. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. You may be seated. All right, now let us pray. Father, we thank you now for your Holy Spirit. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for giving us your son. And Lord, thank you for giving us your wisdom, your knowledge, understanding. Thank you for giving us your divine will. We give you all the praise now. The new covenant. Thank you for the new covenant. In the precious name and the precious blood of our Lord Jesus, we thank you. All the agree with that prayer say amen. amen. All right. Now, what I like to do is continue because uh, my ministry is to teach you the word of God and to bring you into the full knowledge of the truth. Because that is how we are saved. I'm not here just to teach you the word of God. I'm here to prepare you for the, with the word of God on your mind. Because you're going to get older. And I'm here to teach you that you're going to need the word of God for your mind. So that's another teaching got to come. Then I'm going to go through a teaching that has to do with why did Jesus do all those miracles because you have to know why he did those miracles. It was so they could believe and so they could have faith. And so now we get into the new covenant 
in which my ministry is to teach you the New Covenant or the New Testament. And I'm here to share some things with you. Now, we're talking about grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Now, I'm here first of all to show you that there are six chapters in the book of Ephesians. I said this morning that the book of Ephesians is the revelation of the church. Matter of fact, if you notice this, the revelation is the revelation of Christ and the church. But here in, Revel in Ephesians, you get the revelation of the body of Christ, us who we are. All that God has given us is what God is trying to share with us. In chapter 4, 5, 6, now God wants us to live right. That word live has to do with walk. So we get the, we get the Ephesians 4, 1, he expects you to walk right. He's going to give you everything that you need. I gave you that verse this morning, 2 Peter 1, 1 through 4. Let's go there first. He gave you everything. This is what Peter said to the church, to the church of God, because he had the church of God. Paul had the body of Christ. I'll show you the difference in those two just a moment. Now, as God gave us that word, Simon Peter, servant of an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God. I gave you, showed you the three righteousness this morning, and we showed you that Jesus Christ is God's righteousness. In the earth when he came, he was called God's righteousness manifested in the flesh. And so we have to know that was God's second righteousness, and then the third righteousness is Romans 5, 17, which is the gift of righteousness. So many people go to the church, never, never know what God's righteousness is. So they just go to church. They think they got it. They think they're okay. They would die and go to hell because they never found God's righteousness. To find God's righteousness, you must come into the knowledge of the truth. You got to come so you know the truth. You got to know how you're saved, and you got to understand the word of God. The word of God told you you have to keep in memory. If you're going to keep something in memory, then that means you have to already have known. You see? So it's not just saved because I did something. Once you know the truth, you got to hold on to the truth. You've got to keep it in your memory. You're saved by the cross, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. All right, but uh, the Simon Peter, we're going to finish this. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, of them that have obtained like precious faith with us. Peter's talking about to the people that follow him with us. But it was through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. They got their righteousness. They got their salvation through the righteousness of God. Now, we know that Romans chapter 3, verse 20. Write that down. We will give you that next. Romans chapter 3, verse 20, 21, 22. Well, let's go down to 24. We'll do that next. Showed you that that's who God's son is, is God's righteousness. Then he said to them, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge and the knowledge of God and, and Jesus Christ our Lord. Then it says, but it's according to his divine power. Now we know his divine power is God's faith. We know that because the Bible knows that faith, his power, the power of God. We, we went over all these things this morning. According to his divine power has given unto us all things. Paul, Peter is telling the church of God that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Otherwise, it's giving you that you can live by and you can live holy. So God has given you everything to live and to live holy. 
You don't have it, you don't want the word. See, the key is, you're not going to, it's already yours, but it got to come through the knowledge of him. You got to be taught the word before it's going to manifest your life. It's not going to happen in the kind of way. Not going to happen just because I just said Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Not going to happen like that. You're going to get taught the word of God. You're going to know the word of God, and then God's going to manifest it in your life. That's how it's going to happen. All right, let's continue. Let's continue on the screen so I can continue. According to his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But it's always, once again, it's going to be through the knowledge of him that has called us. That word called is what you've got to understand. Called us to glory and virtue. Then it said, whereby are given to us. Now, we know in 2 Corinthians 1, we're going to get to that a little later on. God has already given us all his promises in Christ. Jesus says yes and amen. So he tells them that whoever I give unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partake of the divine nature. Be partake of the divine nature. Being holy, see? Having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. So that's why God told them that he gave us the first three chapters in Ephesians, which is everything God gave us. And then he took them through the next four, three chapters, told them how to live. So if you have already received, if you in Christ, you have already received everything that God has, has for you. Now, he, Ephesians 4.1, let's look at Ephesians 4.1. Once you get into Ephesians 4.1, then from there we will go to Romans chapter 3 and verse 19, start 19, 19, 20, and 21, because uh, I want to show you something. Paul said, I therefore, in Ephesians 4.1, I therefore, the prisoner of our Lord Jesus Christ, beseech you, beg you, beg you, to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you've been called. Because he, he's saying that he's pleading with them, just like Paul pleaded with them in Romans 12.1. Let's just switch gears to Romans 12.1. Paul pleading with them. Peter pleading with them. Paul pleading with the church. Paul pleading. Why is he doing this? Beseech means to plead. I plead with you. I beg you, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which your reasonable service, and be not, con be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, we're going to get to that. But he's telling them that because until the word transform you, if the word don't transform you, then something is wrong. Because the purpose of the word is to transform your life. Amen. So if you got the spirit in you, then where's the transformation? Where's the change? You know, that's just like a, uh, a worm crawls up a tree. He gets all inside of the clot of dirt. He stays in there and he comes back out of worm. There was no transformation. Why do you stay up in that place that long? You know what happened? He never died. He goes in there to die. And through death, he's transformed called metamorphosis. And he comes out of that a butterfly. And see, God is waiting to see your transformation. Christ has come in you and brought his death. See, we are crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20 said, we are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live, yet not I, but it's Christ that liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me, and gave his, himself for me. So if Christ has come and his death is in you, why has he transformed you? 
See, you're supposed to come out of this thing a new creation. That's what God wants to see, a new creature in Christ. Amen? Amen. So when you get tired of seeing the old person be transformed. But it has to happen by the renewing of your mind. Well, like I said before, that's a teaching that I got coming uh, because God showed me the, 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 the answer uh, to old age is the word. Because what gets old is your mind. And when your mind gets old, your body will follow. But if you can stay in the word of God and get the word of God written in your heart, eat this word day and night, it's life. That's what the word of God says. It's life and peace to those that find it. And so what happened is this word of God will keep your mind alive and keep your mind accurate. And your body can't do them but follow. So the way to change people on the outside, you got to change them on the inside. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's coming your way. All right, we're going to make sure that we rob the, the nursing home. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all don't want to clap, but just keep on living. You're going to be glad that Pastor Crump got a ministry to rob the nursing home. My job is to keep you out of the nursing home. There are many people in the nursing home because they have lost their mind. And they can't be left alone, can't be trusted. You'll learn. See, all this stuff makes sense once you get 70. See, I got to have this now. So now you're going to get taught the word, amen? Because I got to get my mind saved. I got to make sure my mind is so saved and relied and trusted in God's word until it's, it stopped being forgetful. When you begin to see, when you begin to see little symptoms of just being forgetful, and a lot of you went in the kitchen and goes in the, in the room and didn't know what you went there for. You should stop right there and say, no, I got, I got to get this word. I got to get right back in this word. I have come to a place that I have to pray all day. Everything that I got to do, I said, Lord, if you don't help me, what am I going to do? I can't even remember what I come in the room for. So I stopped there and said, Lord, I, you have my mind. I want it renewed. I want my mind to be renewed like the youth. And I want my mind to come to a place that, that it would not be forgetful anymore. Amen. See, your mind used to be that way. Amen. And that's what the word is going to do to all of us. You. If you will go with me. I told the church this morning that I'm going somewhere. The last time I said this it was 20 years ago. Amen. To the church that we left at, at the Elizabeth Lake. I said to them, we're going somewhere. If you want to go with me, you're going to have to change. Because we're about to go somewhere we have never went before. I say to you this morning, like I told the 9 o'clock service, that we get ready to go somewhere, and it's, you're going to have to change to go. As a matter of fact, we are getting ready to go into water we have not been in before. We have been playing on the bank. Playing on the bank. You know how you sit on the bank? You just kick your feet. But you're not going out in the water. We're getting ready to go. Amen. We're going out into deep water. Right now. I'm telling you right now. 
You're going to have to learn how to swim, spiritually speaking. Now, that means to go out in the deep water. Remember, you studied the Old Testament. They had ankle deep, they had knee deep, and they had waist deep, remember? But anyway, you got to understand, this, these are the three dimensions of the water. And to be able to go out in the deep water, you're going to have to learn how to swim. That means you're going to have to totally trust God. You cannot, you got to understand, when a person learns how to swim, they learn to trust God. They don't realize it. But to be able to get out there and swim like that, they, they, they have learned to trust. Amen. That's why so many people, you do not wait till a person get to be old as I am to teach them how to swim. <laughs> you don't wait to get my age to learn how to skate. So what's the difference? Why, why you can put a child with skates on at three years old and four years old and they'll skate? But once you get 70, I'm not going to allow that to happen. I got too much to lose. So if you know how to skate, you learn at a young age. That's how it got to be with the word. If you don't learn the word now when you're young, you get old, your mind not going to want it. Most people, when they get my age, they don't want the word. They feel like they have lived their life. And they don't realize there's a word called dementia. It's waiting to take your mind. And you're going to have to have a safeguard. You're going to have to have the word of God, the spirit of the living God in the house who set a watch over your mind. Amen. Go to Philippians 4. See, you got to know what the word says. I'm just, I'm just dipping right now. I, I, I got to get to work. In Philippians, because I got so much to show you today. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul says in verse 1, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for my joy and crown, stand fast in the Lord, dearly beloved. Stand fast in the Lord. I beseech you, Dias, I beseech Synthache, and that they may be of the same mind in the Lord. In the Lord. And I entreat you also, true yoke fellow, help those women who labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also and with other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Now you got to understand, your name is not in the book of life, so don't panic. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. I'm showing you the key to a renewed mind. Haven't gotten there yet. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. Let your moderation, this is the way you live, be known to all men. Come out the closet. Let people know you're a born-again believer. Let people know that you understand for the gospel of Christ. Let people know who you are. That don't mean you got to go to your job and put a big Bible on your desk. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about walking in the Spirit. As the Bible says, if you live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So he told them in that verse, Philippians, he said, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. This is how you got to live your life. Don't worry about nothing. But in everything, but in everything, but in everything, 
by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You got to have a relationship and a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And he said, when you begin to do this, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts, keep your minds through Christ Jesus. You are not made to keep your mind. You're a spirit being. And the mind you have is the mind of the Lord. Physically, you need God to keep your mind. And if you don't learn this principle, you'll be trying to keep your own mind. The Lord lives in the house. Let him watch over my mind. Give the Lord a big hand clap for that. In the old covenant, you had to guard your mind. Not the new covenant. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. All right. So what I want to do today, I want to, uh, I want to show you this because I don't want to pass over this. Uh, I gave you a couple things this morning. I need to just do that and get right into the word of God because I want to show you the word sealed today. S-E-A-L-E-D. It says sealed. I want to make sure I get to that word because these, in Ephesians chapter 1, is all that God has done for us. So, uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, we are down to verse number uh, chosen us. That's where we're at. So Ephesians 1 and 4. Let's go to Ephesians 1 and 4. And I want to do with two scriptures there. I want to do with uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. You got to get the first tape this morning because I'm not going back over all this again. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Then I want 2 Timothy 1, 8 and 9. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 and 2 Timothy 1, 8 and 9. 8 and 9. I'm, I want to show you that you've been chosen in Christ. Now, in Ephesians 1 and 4, watch what it says. According as he has chosen us. So, remember I talked about make your calling in election sure? Right. That word calling is if he called me, mean he's chosen me. Somebody say amen. All right, now, watch what he says. That's why I told you, if he chose you, then Romans 8, 28 says, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So if he called me, he chose me. Now, I need to find out, because he chose me in Christ before the foundation of the world. So let us, but he watch what he chose me to do, that we should be holy. So he chose me in Christ, because he knew if I'm not in Christ, I can't be holy. So he chose me in Christ that, I'm, that I should be holy and without blame, without fault, before him in love. So because of that, let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 13. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse number 13, it said, But we are bound to give thanks always to you, for to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. So now I know why God chose me. He chose me to salvation. But he chose me to salvation through the Holy Spirit because I, have to be, I had to be sanctified by the Holy Spirit. See, because when he put the Holy Spirit in me, the Holy Spirit sanctified me. See, I'm not sanctified because I did something. Once God put the Spirit in you, He set you apart. 
Once God put the spirit in you, he identifies you as his own. So the word church means call out one, separated under God. That's how God know you, because he gave you his Holy Spirit. If you don't have the spirit of Christ, you're none of here. So 2 Thessalonians 2.13, it says, he, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brothers and beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation, but it's through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Now, we must understand, when the Bible says belief of the truth, you've got to know the truth. Not many people know the truth. Not many people understand truth. See, Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to get the next verse in just a moment, but let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. See, there's only one truth in this Bible, and it's called the word of truth. Now, you're going to have to understand something. The word of truth, the word word means message. And whom also you trusted after you heard the message of truth. See, it's not like it's the word of truth, the word of faith. Well, the word of faith means message of faith. The word of truth means the message of truth. Don't get the two confused. You don't get, you don't get faith from faith. You get faith from truth. So people do not understand faith. You got faith. The reason Jesus Christ, I'm going to do a series on why Jesus Christ did all his miracles. And I know why, because he did them so the people who follow him will believe. Amen. But the key was, that don't mean they were saved. Amen. So that's why John 1 came into being. I'm, I'm not going to be able to go back to that right now today. Did it this morning. But let's continue on what I got on the screen so I know who I am. In whom you also trusted. After you heard, you heard the word of truth. He didn't say you heard the word of faith. And you're not putting down the word of faith. The word of faith was the gospel that was preached to the Jews. Called the word of faith. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is called the word of faith. All through Jesus' ministry, he was to make sure you had one thing when Paul came was faith. So that's why he asked the people, how is it that you have no faith? Where is your faith? If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thy removed, be thy cast into the sea, and not die in your heart, but believe those things which you said shall come to pass. You shall have what you say. You shall have. Faith is so you can have. I'm not talking about what you can have. Christ has come now. You already have all things. So faith was to get to this point. Faith is the substance, Hebrew 11 and 1. So then faith is the substance of things hoped for. And you're in grace, you're not hoping for something in grace. You got to know how to live. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. You, see, you are not, you are not, see, you, you got to understand, that's why that verse was talked to the Hebrews, Hebrew 11 and 1. 
So you have to be able to see the process. If I'm in Egypt, I'm with Moses. I got to get to the promised land. How am I going to get there? Well, Exodus chapter 11 and 12 says, first we're going to do is kill a lamb. We're going to take the blood of the lamb and we're going to put it over the doorpost. That blood of the lamb is called redemption. It's forgiveness, the blood of the lamb. But it's going to get you to the next dimension, which is called faith. So now they go through the wilderness for 38 years to see that they have faith. And only two people came out of the wilderness that didn't die, that was 40 years and older, Joshua and Caleb. When you go back, the Bible said they had another spirit. They believed two men. They believed because they had another spirit. The other spirit they had was faith. The rest died in the wilderness. So when you get to Hebrew chapter 3 and chapter, he- chapter 4, it talks about why they died in the wilderness. Paul's going to tell them, because of unbelief. Because they did not mix it with faith in them that heard it. So faith was to get them to grace. You don't have a destiny if it's faith. Faith is to get you to your destiny. The just shall live by faith. Otherwise, they're going to get to their destiny. So once they kill the lamb, now they had the faith of the lamb. Who was believing what Jesus did, he killed the lamb. Why he killed the lamb? So we can have his blood. What is his blood for? For our forgiveness. We all who believe that, okay, let's go. Now we get out here in the wilderness. Will our faith take us to our destiny? Which was a promised land where everything was paid in full. Called grace. Only two men believed. And the rest were blinded died in the wilderness. And the young people who was born in the wilderness, who did not come out of Egypt, they were born in the wilderness, they were 38 years old, up to 40, and they went in with the other two men, Joshua and Caleb. And when Caleb got in the land, he said to Moses, give me my inheritance. I'm 85 years old today. Wasn't two people, one with two people, 85. That's Joshua and Caleb. The rest of them were 40 and younger. Or they were of the tribe of Levi, of course, the priestly family, they, they came in because they didn't have to fight. The Lord was their inheritance. So you have to know what's going on here. So we have heard the message of faith, the message of faith, the message of faith. Well, let me show it to you first. Go, go to Romans chapter 10, verse 8. Then we're going to go to the book of Galatia. Chapter 3, I've shown you this before, but I'll just show you again. We're going to do it out of the NLT because they're going to use the word message. The message is what you preach. So that's why we got off on this thing, the faith, and it had no end to it. 
That's why it's just going repetitious, 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 because it's going round and round in circles. Because they never took it to grace. Faith is to find something. Faith is to get to your destiny. In fact, it says, this is what Romans 10, 8 says, the message is very close at hand. It's in your mouth. The message is in your mouth, in your heart. The message is. And that message is the very message about faith. So you have to understand when you preach in Romans 10, 9 and 10, the word of faith message, not putting down the word of faith churches. I'm just talking about the message. People can believe what they want to believe. I used to believe that. This church used to believe that. It's the very message about faith that we preach. That's why the next verse says, if. Now, when I'm, when I'm preaching the gospel of Christ, it's not an if. My salvation is not based on if I declare, if I confess and if I believe. My salvation is a free gift of God. It's not, it's not based on what I do. See, some of y'all can't clap because you don't understand. Either your salvation is based on what you did or it's based on what he did. So I don't have to confess. I don't have to confess with my mouth to be saved. I don't have to believe in my heart to be saved. I receive the gift of salvation. That's what I told you by the scripture. What I gave you, the word was made flesh. But it was God's righteousness but it was not the gift of righteousness. Maybe I touched that again. Verse 9 says, if you're open and declare that Jesus is Lord. See, they, they salvation is based on who he is. Amen. You're not saved because you believe he's Lord. Amen. Although he's Lord. And then you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Listen at the next part. You will be saved. Okay. Here you are on your bed of afflictions. And I come in your room, and I read to you Romans 10, 9, and 10. 8, 9, and 10. I say, if you will confess this and believe this, you will be saved. Now, if I'm, if I'm here and the doctor just told me that I'm on my last moments, I called in the family, and I come in as your pastor, and I read to you Romans 10, 8, 9, 10. And the 8, 9, 10 says, in the King James, say, you shall be saved. You shall be saved. Well, now, if I'm on that bed, then I'm going to grab you in your chest and say, Reverend, when is that going to happen? The doctor just gave me five minutes. My family's outside. I'm getting ready to take my last breath. You said, I shall be saved. When is that going to happen? Now, if you want to go that way and you want to be on the when you go, when, when, just go right ahead. But, but under grace, it don't say you shall be. So you're going to have to understand something. You just, not, you just might not be saved. And there's a whole lot of folks is believe the wrong message. I used to believe the wrong message. And that message said you shall be. Go back and put it back on Romans 10. Told me I shall be saved. If you declare with your, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be, going to be. I'm being nice. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. 
Now, just think what I just said. It's by believing your heart you're being made right with God. I'm going to show you the gift of righteousness right after this in Romans 5, 17 in the King James. It is by believing your heart that you are right with God. And it is by openly declaring with your faith that you are saved. By confessing you're saved, believing your heart, you're made right with God. Now you go to Romans 5, 17, and let's look at the gift of righteousness. That's why I say so many people go to church, they're not saved, they don't know how to be saved. Told me to put her stuff down and get my own water. <laughs> I couldn't tell her what I wanted to say, so I just had. That's my honey. All right, here we go. For if by one man office death reigned, much more, they which receive, didn't tell you to do nothing, they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Wait a minute, righteousness is a free gift? I didn't have to confess with my mouth. I didn't have to believe in my heart to be righteous. I received the free gift of righteousness. The grace of God and the gift of righteousness. I shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Now, that's what my Bible just told me. Now, I gave you the three righteousness this morning. I got three guys this morning, three, three guys. I'm going to need you three guys one more time. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, that's right. You was right here. Give me, give me you two guys right here. Thank you very much. I got him over there. This is my Moses over here. I want to keep Moses. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. See, I got another Moses over there, so I got, got to watch that. All right. Now, I'm bringing these guys here because I want to show you the righteousness that I talked. Hopefully you got the tape. It's on your podcast already. The word was made flesh. All right. Free. Then you can go to the storehouse. The word was made flesh. What do that mean? God gave us his righteousness. Amen. So you got to know what that meant. So I'm going to show it to you pretty quickly because I got to get the work, man. All right, here we go. First, I want to go back and show you in Romans 3, start verse 19, 19 to 24. I won't need all that, but just prepare to go there. And then I'm going to go to Matthew 17, 1 through 4. Now, what am I showing you here? I'm showing you the second righteousness. Now, we already gave you Deuteronomy chapter 6, the law of righteousness. Hello, everybody remember that, the law of righteousness? All right, if you don't get that, look at Romans 9, 30, 31. Can you do that right now, Romans 9, 30, 31, and go back? I got Sandra back there. They, Sandra can do that stuff, boy. I got to give her the credit. She has a mind for it. To keep it with me, to keep it with me, you got to be anointed. <laughs> I wouldn't want that job. <laughs> Romans 9, 30 said, What shall we say then that the Gentiles would follow not after righteousness? They have attained to righteousness. Even the righteousness which is of faith. What, which righteousness? Come on, the righteousness which is of faith. It took you too long. Which righteousness? The righteousness which is of faith, all right? But Israel was followed after the the law of righteousness, see, that means works, right? The works, that was the law of righteousness. That's what they followed, the law of righteousness. They had not attained to the law of righteousness. Why did, why? Verse 30, the next verse tell you, 
because they sought it not by faith. So the right that you have had to be revealed. I'm going to show you the revealed righteousness, then I'm going to show you the manifested righteousness. Are you ready? Yeah. Y'all got to act like you're interested now, because I don't get no sleep, so you got to understand, when I come in here, my wife will tell you, I'm meditating the words from 5 o'clock in the afternoon, I go to bed at 5 o'clock on Saturdays, and I'm, I'm still meditating the words, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. And I'm 4 o'clock, I'm up, ready to come here. For 20 plus years. You got to give yourself... All right, now, now let's go to, to Romans chapter 3 and verse 19, shall we? All right. So I gave you the law of righteousness. It's the first righteousness. We're not dealing with that. You, you know you went under that. But in Romans chapter 3, verse 19, that's what we're waiting on, Sandra. Call her name out a little more. I would tell you about Sandra this morning, but I won't bother that. Verse 19 says, Now we know that whatsoever thing the law says... He said to them that honor the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Now, he's giving you the law. He's going to stop in just a moment. And how do I know he's going to stop? Because he's going to use the word but now. Verse 20 said, therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in this sight. Nobody can be right with God. Not by the law. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But we're getting ready to change his gears. Now, he's cutting off under you in the law. He's getting ready to show you where you're at now. But now the righteousness of God. See, he's telling you another righteousness. See, remember the law's righteousness. I just said, do you see how he switched? But now? The law, the, but the, now I'm giving you righteousness, but it's going to be without the law. I gave you the, right, the law of righteousness. How? My daughter back from Hawaii, I can play that kind of stuff, right? Ooh. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. But now, say it, but now the righteousness of God without the law. Without the law. How much without the law? See, I see the righteousness of God without the law. The only way you can do that is you have to take him away. Don't forget I just said Okay, now, even the righteousness of God, which is now by faith of Jesus Christ under all and upon all of them that believe there is no difference. So the righteousness of God we have now is by faith, right? We don't need the law to make us righteous. All right, with that in mind, let's go to Matthew because I want to see that, that verse just say is witnessed by the Lord and the prophets. Back up that verse. Here it is. But now, right now, the righteousness of God without the law is witness, is manifested. First of all, manifestation means I can feel, I can feel church, handle, hug. This is my oldest son. He is. That's my other son. This is, these are my oldest sons up here today. I call them my two oldest sons. They're older than I am, both of them. But they're my oldest sons. That's pretty good, isn't it? All right. See, you're a pastor. You can have sons older than you. That's pretty good. All right. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. All right. The guy over here with the, with the beard is Moses. He represents the law. 
This man right here is the righteousness of God manifested in the flesh. Put the verse up there again because I want you to see the word manifested. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested without the law and the prophets. Over here is Elijah or John the Baptist. So he stands for baptism. He stands for all of the law. So we have two. Now we see the, the righteousness of God manifested, Christ in the flesh. He's manifested, but he's witnessed by the law and the prophet. Where do we find this at? Go back to Matthew 17, 1 through 4. And you will see why I make decisions. When you know the word, you know why I make decisions. And once you find out what the word is, then you'll be in agreement with me. Not just get up and I'm just going somewhere with it. That's up to you. You'll find out probably five years later. May not ever find out. Matthew 17, 1. That's what I'm waiting for. After six days. Now remember, Jesus just showed Peter who he is in Matthew chapter 16. Remember, who do me inside the Son of Man am? You're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. Got it. I got it. Okay. Let's go up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Let's see you remember this. Because if you believe in Jesus the Christ, you got to believe Jesus Christ is God's righteousness. If you believe Jesus Christ is, is, is the Christ, you got to believe he is the Son of God. Because if you're the Christ, you're the God's righteousness. If you're the Son of God, you're God's righteousness. Ain't nobody saying that. So, Sister Jennifer, if you're God's Son of God, you God's righteousness. I'm looking right now at God's righteousness. Amen. If you the body of Christ, you are God's righteousness. Amen. So you know what the devil really want to know? Are you the Christ? Tell us. Are you the son of God? See, that's what the enemy want to know. So the Holy Ghost will manifest your life more when you stand up to who you are. Amen. Once you let your light shine, the more you let your light shine, the more he will become offensive in your life. Amen. Don't hide the light. Matthew chapter 17, watch this. After six days, Jesus taking Peter and John, James and John, the three brothers, he bring them up into a high mountain apart. And he was transfigured before them. He's going to show them his righteousness. His face did shine as the sun. His raiment was white as the light. What was he seeing? What did they see? His what? Glory. Yeah, but his glory means his righteousness. Amen. How do you know that? Watch this same word glory. When I gave you Romans 3.23, the ways of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. There's another one that talks about the glory. Anybody remember what this All have sinned and come short of what? Well, what did they come short of? What did they come short of? God's righteousness. All have sinned and come short of God's righteousness. You ought to put that in your Bible. 
You came short of the glory of God. That is God's righteousness. When you see this man, you saw God's righteousness. They saw him shine as light, brighter than the noonday sun. They saw God's righteousness. All right, same place. I'm okay. Pray for pastor. I'm okay. He was transfigured before them. His faith is shining as the sun. And his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared to him, to them, to them, Moses and Elias. Here we go. Moses and Elias. Paul called them the Lord of the prophets. Moses and Elias represent what? The law and the, and the prophet. They are witnessing that he's the Christ. And behold, there appeared to him Moses and Elias talking with him. What they said. Then answer Peter, who think he already got this together. Lord, it's good for us to be here. Ha. Let us make three tabernacles. Uh-huh. One for you. See, here we go. He think he got all this thing wired up, right? He don't see it. Not many people see it. Because if they see it, they would not leave it in the church. And they wouldn't leave the church when pastor has to make a decision to remove things in the church. Well, let Peter, let Peter tell us what he's talking about. Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles. Let's make an image in the church for Elijah. And we're going to let his image stay in the church called water baptism. Because this really John the Baptist. And Malachi told us that he's the one that will come. He will be called John the Baptist. And Jesus said, somebody find it. Jesus said, John has come already. And you did to him whatever you wanted to do. You killed him. You cut his head off. This was Elijah. Which was for to come. He's the one who will come before me. And then Moses. So I need this need it on the screen. I need to be able to witness here. Then answered Peter and said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us make here three tabernacles. One for thee. Well, what are we going to make for you? We're going to leave the cross for you. It's going to stay in the church. Every church is going to have the cross. That's going to be the image we're going to have to know that it is the Christ church. We're going to make a tabernacle. We're going to make one for you. We're going to make a cross for you. And then we're going to make a baptism pool in the church for, for, for Elijah. And then we're going to leave the communion table in the church for, to remember Moses. We're going to remember Moses by the law. We've got to leave some in the church to remember Moses. But the Lord is going to answer the question in verse number five. While he yet spake, a broad cloud overshadowed them in the voice from heaven, and Christ said, look, hold it. You don't have three things in the church. You're only going to need one. Take all the furniture out. This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. So you can take out the communion table. We're not going to need Moses. And you can take out John the Baptist. 
Because Romans chapter 3, go back there again, verse number 21. In Romans 3.21, Paul got the revelation. Romans 3.21, but now the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God, this is him. He's the righteousness of God. He's without the law. He's witnessed. He's manifested. He's witnessed by the Lord and the prophet. But now the righteousness of God without the law. You don't need Moses no more. You don't need John the Baptist no more. This is my son. What people do is they leave. See, you know why some folks can't get in this? Because they don't see it yet. So when they came to Paul and they said, Paul, what about baptism? Paul said, ho, 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 ho. God did not send me. As a matter of fact, I, when I saw the revelation in the sky, I didn't see no baptism pool. <laughs> I did not see no communion table. <laughs> All I want to know about is Christ <laughs> and him crucified. If you don't get that in your spirit, the enemy will always keep your faith from operating. Can we have him to come down now? You may take your seat, sir. That's the righteousness of God manifested in the flesh. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 to 14. I'm kind of fast forward a little ahead because I got something I want to show you. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, See, this is why the Apostle Paul was able to preach Christ, because he had the revelation of the mystery. If you're going to preach Christ, him crucified, then you can't preach Moses, and you can't preach John the Baptist. Did anybody find my verse? This is John the Baptist. All I heard is 12. You got what? It was Matthew 17, 12. Matthew 17, 12. But is it somewhere I need to start or just 12? You have that. Now, would you mark that in your Bible? So if I ask you again, you know it's verse 11. Matthew chapter 17. See? Matthew verse 17. That's what I'm saying. If you mark that in your Bible, you always get it. Go back to verse 10, she says. Can I get a nine? <laughs> Do I need nine? No, it's okay. verse 10. Go to Matthew 17 and 10. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribe that Elias must first come? They asked Jesus. Jesus says, Elias truly shall first come and restore all things. Well, when John the Baptist was baptizing, what did he say he's doing? What did he restore? All righteousness. Go back and look at it. Jesus said, said he had to fulfill. The word fulfill means restore all righteousness. By one man. It was restored by one man. Jesus Christ. But I say to you that Elias has come already. 
He's already come because he comes before me. And they knew him not, but have done to him whatsoever they listed. Likewise shall also the Son of Man suffer them. The disciples understood now that he spake to them of John the Baptist. So I don't need Elijah no more. Elijah's head was cut off. And his head was cut off because it means authority. So the people who followed John the Baptist don't have to follow him no more. Follow him. All the disciples that followed John, Andrew used to follow John the Baptist. So he followed, because John told them, don't follow me no more. This is the one of whom I says, another cometh after me, who he was before me. Matter of fact, he was before me, before I am. Follow him. They left John. So you have to see what was happening. Let's go to work, shall we? Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. This is just to help you out. I should have a good 15 minutes. And when they will come, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. In whom also you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, you heard it, you believed it, now you were sealed. And I want to deal with the word sealed. Now you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit sealed your soul. Let's go to Romans 8, verse 14. Seven, go to verse 14. Which is the honest of our inheritance. This is the down paper of your inheritance. This is how you get everything else God. You have to have his Holy Spirit. The down payment on this of inheritance unto the redemption of the person's possession unto the praise of his glory. Now, let's go to Romans 8. Because in Romans chapter 8, start with verse 8. You receive the Holy Spirit. God puts your soul in Christ and put Christ in your soul. Say that with me. God put your soul in Christ. Soul. Then he put Christ in your soul. He in your soul. Say he sealed your soul. Now the word seal mean ownership. Put that down, 2 Timothy 2.19. We're going to go to it in a moment. When God put his seal in your soul, which is his Holy Spirit, it means now you're his. So every demonic power to try to come against you from now on cannot because you've been bought with a price. Because God owns you. Possess. When a man is not saved, he can be possessed by the devil. But once Christ saved you, he purchased you. Now, no devil in hell can ever possess you again. He can oppress, but never possess. To, op to possess, he got to come in. I said to possess something. See, I possess. See, where you live at, you possess. That's where you live at. The Lord possesses Earl, o Earl O'Crump. He lives here. And there's no way and no devil going to come up in here. You understand? Because the Lord lives up in here. 
Huh? Can't you imagine hearing the devil saying, I'm coming in the house. The Lord said, you don't want to come up in here? <laughs> Fool. But let's move on. All right, let's go, to, let's go to work. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit now. If so, be that the spirit of God lives where? In you. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, what is it called? The spirit of Christ. What the Holy Ghost is called in you? The spirit of Christ. If you have the spirit of Christ, if you don't have the spirit of Christ, you're none of his. The next verse says that if Christ be in you now, the body is dead, remember? Because the spirit now becomes life in you because of righteousness. So God's spirit is God's righteousness in you. So that means you become God's righteousness. Remember, if he's God's righteousness, then you got to be God's righteousness. You got to stop seeing yourself suffering from Christ. You are the body of Christ. That's why I'm going to do Ephesians 1. Everything is yours. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also make alive, quicken your mortal body, your soul, by his spirit that lives in you. So the purpose of God's spirit coming to my soul is to make sure I live forever. He brings eternal life to my soul. All right. Now with that in mind, I have to get to the word. 2 Timothy 2.19 says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standing sure, having this seal. It says seal, S-E-A-L. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. Watch it, watch it. Everyone that named the name of Christ. Not Jesus. The church of God was named the name of Christ. They were saved by the name of, of Jesus. Let me say it again. Their salvation was through the name of Jesus. Your salvation is through the name of Christ. Amen. Now, I know you understand that, but I'm going to start teaching you that today, and hopefully next Sunday I'll be able to finish. I know I got too much to deal with, but I, need, I believe you can handle what I'm going to give you. All right? Nevertheless, the foundation of God standing sure, having his seal, having his seal, seal. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Lord knoweth them that are here. So because you have the seal of the Holy Spirit, it lets you know that the Lord knows them that are his. That's how he know you're his, right? Now he says, everyone that named the name of Christ, you got to depart from iniquity. Because you're called by his name. All right? Now, let's show you the difference in the church of God in the old covenant. Let's hear we. Let's go to Revelation chapter 5. Now, what did God do with you? He put you in Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Just write it down. I'm not going to this. He put you in Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 18 through 22, just write it down. I'm only going to go to verse number 22. 1 Corinthians 18 through 22. He anointed us. In verse 22, he sealed us. Let's just look at verse 22, 2 Corinthians 1, 22. I'm showing you again, he sealed us. Remember, the Holy Ghost is your seal. God put you in Christ, you've been sealed. 2 Corinthians 1, 22. But in verse 22, skip on down. Who has also sealed us? Do you see that? 
Come on now. Come on, come on. I ain't got but five minutes. Y'all wasting my time. Who also has what? He sealed us and has given us the what? There it is again. He gave us all this other spirit. What did he give it to you yet in your heart? Oh, your heart is your soul. All right? Now, let's go to the next one. Showing you he has given you the Holy Spirit. He, he gave you the Holy Spirit. That is the seal. All right? Now, let's go to the, the one I want to go to right now. Because when I gave you Ephesians 4.29, let's go back to verse 30 again. Ephesians 4.30. Now, this is what I'm teaching on because I'm showing you when he gave you the Holy Spirit, he sealed your soul. That means you live inside of him, he lives inside of you. If anybody here know anything about being anything sealed? You all know how to seal stuff? How many know how to seal stuff? I'm going to check you out. Okay. Now the rest of them that don't know how to seal stuff is the way we seal preserves down south, we put the preserve in, in, in jars and then you got jar with a rubber seal around the top. Inside the jar there's a rubber seal. There's no rubber seal, you can't seal it. So we put, the, put what we're going to keep in the rubber seal and we, we put it like so close to the top. Not, not all the way to the top because it'll blow the top up. So you have to leave a little room in there and then you put it, in, in, it set inside something that you can boil. Then you boil, boil it through the pot you put it in, set it inside the water. And once it boils, then the pressure from the water, will, I'm showing my daughter, I know you're interested, you're going to do this one day. One, and then you seal it, and once, it, once they seal you, here, gluck, 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 gluck. What they doing? It's shooting all the air out. Gluck, it's, it's, and you can, a lot of people, what they do is they open up just one time. Shut it back, put it back in again, and it reseals it. Make sure, okay? But that's how you seal food. I don't go home and blow up something. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. Please ask somebody. Pastor Crump told me if I do this, yes. Ask somebody, get some information. Don't go bust all your bottles. Okay. All right. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Watch what he says now. So you understand while I'm on this. Grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are what? Sealed. Come on, you are what? Sealed. You are sealed. You, your soul is sealed to the day of redemption. So your soul can't get to nothing else. Nothing else can get to your soul. He made sure he put your, your soul in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit in your soul and he sealed your soul just like preserved so nothing can get to it. It'll last forever. Because you're in the Holy Ghost. So when your flesh dies, the Holy Spirit takes your soul into the very presence of God. It can't get contaminated. So he came inside of you to seal you to the day of redemption. All right. Now, that's bringing me to showing you the book of Revelation. I'm going to be brief. Check my time. I think I got like five minutes. Now, in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 6, I can only use one verse. Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. Now, in Revelation chapter 5, verse 6, you have, you have what we call the seven seals. I beheld and lo in the midst of the throne and the four beasts, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits upon the earth that go forth for all the earth. Okay, now, in that revelation, I'm not going to read no more, he gave you the seven sealed book. That's what that is. Now, in Revelation chapter 6, he showed you six seals. In Revelation chapter 7, 
he showed you who was sealed, the 144,000. Revelation chapter 7, and I saw them that were sealed. That were sealed 144,000. Did you see that? Somebody say amen. Okay. And then in, in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 3. Let's look at Revelation 7 and 3. We're going to show you what the seal was quickly. Revelation 7 and 3. Last book in the Bible. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 3. Saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God. And where? Where were they sealed at? Come on, I need you. I need you for three minutes. Where were they sealed at? They were not sealed in their hearts. I just showed you that you were sealed in your heart. The Holy Ghost sealed in your heart. The Holy Ghost came in your heart. They were sealed in their heads. That's why they, didn't, they couldn't take the beast, the image of the beast, because God going to put his seal in their heads. All right, let's look at Revelation 14, 1. I showed you Revelation 7 and 3. They were sealed in their foreheads. Revelation 14, 1. Yeah, I'm going to do all that. Give me that verse, Revelation 14, 1. And I look, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name. He written in their forehead. Well, what was, what was the seal? <laughs> do you see why I do that? Y'all be like, lost. All right, go back to Revelation 73. <sighs> Just one verse. Revelation 7 3, just one verse. Saying, Hurt not the earth, nor the sea, nor the tree, till we have sealed the servants of our God in there. What? What did they put in their foreheads? Father name. Their father's name. Go to John 5 5 23. 5 43. 5 43. How many know what the Father's name in this church if I don't show it to you? Jesus. You don't go talk. You're in, church. You're in my class this morning. <laughs> that ain't fair. You helped them out. I had some going, man. All right, John 5, 43. I'm coming in my Father's name. And you receive me not. The Father's name was Jesus. I'm coming in my Father's name. See, they were saved in the name of the, of the, name of the Father. They weren't saved in the name of the Son. You are saved in the name of the Son. 2 Timothy 2.19. See, that's why you got to understand. That's why when you go back to John chapter 1, verse 12, as many as believe on his name. Acts 4.12, salvation was in his name. They were saved in his name. You're not saved in his name, not the name of the Father. I'm coming in my Father's name, John 5.43. I said 2 Timothy 2.19. I'm showing you 2 Timothy 2.19 now. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standing sure, having to seal the, the Lord knoweth them that are his. The Lord know who is his. Everyone that named the name of Christ. Christ. Not Jesus Christ. You are the body of Christ. The Old Testament, they were sealed by the Father's name, Jesus. You sealed in the Son's name, Christ. My time is up. 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 I thank you for yours. Come on now, get a lot of big hands.
Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.